that sweet? <laughs> Laughing at your jokes is very important. So I have to start with a little confession. Those two preschool boys, the one who said his mom taught him nothing. <laughs> Those are my children. <laughs> so this is going to be a struggle. I hope you guys don't say the same thing in the next uh, 30 minutes. Oh, man. Happy Mother's Day. We are so glad you're here. My name is Kelly. I'm one of the pastors here. I am a mom, and you saw two of my three kids in that uh, video, but I also have an incredible mom. And even though I have had several people who I can look back on and look at their influence over my life, none compares to my mom. And she's sitting right there, so I feel very tender. <laughs> Um, she loves God so much, and she has been in the front row of my life cheering me on, even when I'm doing horrible at something, she is still cheering me on. And uh, some fun facts to know about Judy are that uh, she has a quirk about the holidays. If you are shopping with her in December, she refuses to say happy holidays. It's like a swear to her. Uh, she will look at someone directly in the eyes and say, Merry Christmas. She's very clear about her Christmas. Uh, and oh, some of you are also, that's great. Uh, she also has a few sayings that of course now I have found myself saying, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. Anyone heard of that one before? And also another good one, what you don't work out you act out, which she points that out sometimes when I'm doing that as well. So uh, to all the moms. Now, today is not just a Sunday. It's not just May 12th. It has more significance than Groundhog's Day, Mother's Day, right? Uh, it carries weight. It's a day that people want to celebrate. Maybe some of you can relate to what I talked about. You look at your mom and you think, thank God for this woman. Or maybe you're in a season of mothering that you are just filled with joy. Maybe it's even your first Mother's Day, and today we celebrate with you. We're so excited along with you. But I know for others of you, it is not a day for celebrating. Maybe today makes you feel more like grieving or mourning because you've lost your mom, or you never really had the relationship with your mom that you'd want to have. Um, and we say, we're so glad you're here, and we see you, and we want to grieve with you. And there's also some of you that would say you're waiting, that you want to be celebrated, actually, on Mother's Day. And for whatever reason, you don't have children yet. Maybe God hasn't brought the partner you're longing for. For whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. And I can tell you, I remember a few Mother's Days where I was in that seat. I wanted to be nowhere near church or a place that was going to remind me of what I didn't have. Um, and that was tricky because I worked at a church, so I had to be very strategic <laughs> about my vacation days. Um, but if that's you today, we say, we are waiting with you. And I hope that this is your last Mother's Day of waiting. And in the meantime, we want to be a community that sees you and that celebrates you. Moms are incredible, aren't they? Uh, we want to honor you today. We want to bless your, your self-sacrificial love, the way you raise up and nurture the next generation. And I want to honor and call out women like Rachel Klein and Sarah Jacobs and Kelsey Trebus and Courtney Kalis, all of who navigate the rocky terrain of the preschool room here in Soul City Kids. Uh, it, that's, yes, clap for them all day long. You know, none of them are biological mothers, but they mother. 
They nurture, they raise up, and there's so many people here like them. Moms, we see you in the everyday mundane tasks of parenting. We see you in your theme birthday parties, reading books at bedtime, the late night talks about getting along with your friends, and even the way you nurture and grow kids as they enter into adulthood and need advice and encouragement in a different way. You know, there's no paycheck. There's no formal uh, presentation or performance reviews that notice your daily right decisions. No paid time off. Let's be clear about that. But you are a reminder to us that God is so loving and is just um, continually reaching out to us and influencing us. So Soul City, would you give it up for the moms and the mothers in this room? We love you, moms. We love you. You are incredible. You are incredible. Well, the power of influence isn't just something that's given to moms with their kids. It's actually given to every single one of us. In the Bible, it actually calls us the salt and the light. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But, you know, we're in an era of influencers, aren't we? It seems like everybody, they're not even professional athletes or amazing artists. They just have millions of followers on Instagram. I'm not sure how it happens. You always see one or two sprinkled in on The Bachelor every season, you know, just as influencer. I don't know how they get there. Uh, but I have found myself under the influence. Now, I like to see that I am an independent woman, that people aren't swaying my decisions. But then this happened, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. <laughs> see, I follow this great blogger that I followed for a long time. She's a DIY blogger. She renovates multiple houses. She has amazing design style, does it all for like $2. And now she's crossed over to, um, you know, the lifestyle side of things. And so she shares what she eats and her beauty tips. And one day she was on Insta Stories sharing about this small, powerful tool, the Jade Roller. And she described how the Jade Roller you know, it just helps to like drain your lymph nodes and it helps the puffiness and your under eye bags. And I just thought to myself, this is what I need as I face aging. I need this jade roller. So it was not a sponsored ad. No one had asked her to do it. And I just thought, I need it. So Amazon Prime came and I rolled and I rolled and I rolled and I put it in the freezer and I rolled more. And I was waiting for someone to say, you look so different. What has changed about you, you know? No one has ever said that to me, by the way. I've been rolling since December. Now, I was in uh, the bathroom cabinet just a few weeks ago looking at this thing, thinking, why in the world did I think this was going to make a difference? Like, why did I think this would actually do something? But I know I'm not the only one. You have something in your garage or in your basement. You have something that you've bought off of QVC, don't you? You went to that timeshare presentation just telling yourself, I'm only going for the free weekend in Orlando, and now you own property in Orlando, and I would like to partake in your timeshare. We have fallen under the influence, right? We've fallen under the influence. But uh, this morning, we're going to talk about what it, talks, uh, what it means to go from being influenced to being an influencer. God is calling us, his people, to be love and light in a dark and hopeless world. And isn't that a privilege that we get to do that? Now, I know some of you are thinking, I am not an influencer. Maybe you just have a social media account to creep on other people's social media. You don't actually post anything. Or you like to just like go to work, come home, 
put on your comfy pants and watch Netflix. I understand that. I am with you. You're thinking no one really is paying attention. But actually everybody is paying attention whether you realize it or not. And just a few weeks ago, I was sitting with a mentor of mine telling her this confession. You know, uh, even though I'm a pastor, sometimes I don't feel spiritual enough. That's what I said to her. Even though I grew up in the church and I've known God most of my life, sometimes I doubt that God could use me because I just see all the things that I get wrong instead of some of the things that I get right. But here's what's truer about than any of our feelings of inadequacy today. The Bible says you're an influencer and it's actually not an option. It's a part of God's kingdom plan to bring light and love to the world. We are the plan. And so we're going to look at, at scripture. And so I want you to go ahead and pull out your Soul City Bible in front of you or go ahead and open your Bible app. And we're going to turn to page 786 and look at Matthew 5, verse 13. And this is Jesus' first public sermon. And so uh, thousands of people are gathered on this hillside to lean in and to listen to what he's about to say. Now, two weeks ago, we were actually just in this same passage when we were talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. So Jesus has gone through all these different people. He's called them blessed. He then says, blessed are you when you're persecuted. And then I think people stand up straight because he says something different. Now, if you've grown up in a Christian household, you probably have seen these verses over and over again. You might even have a t-shirt or a postcard or a mug with them. And even though a lot of these are familiar words, I believe that God wants to say something fresh to us today about them. He has certainly wanted to say something fresh to me about them. So verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You notice those first two words he says? You are. He's not looking at one specific person. He's not looking at only the disciples who have closely followed him. He's looking out at everybody and saying, you, all of you are the salt. Now, that's an interesting picture, salt, right? This very ordinary item that was used back in Jesus' day and today to flavor food, to preserve food. Even in Jesus' day, they used it in construction to build houses to make them stronger and harder. And he looks at us and he says, you are the salt. Now, I don't know how discerning your palate is, but you know how bland food tastes, right? You need something on it. It's boring. It's flat. It's flavorless. And Jesus is using this metaphor and saying to his followers, you are what makes this world flavorful and good and worthwhile. You are what makes a difference in the world. You bring out the best. You are my plan for goodness in a world that so desperately needs it, whether you feel like it in this moment or not. We add, small, we add salt in small ways and in big ways. We add salt when we change our plans so we can be with a friend that's walking through a hard time. We add salt when we look people in the eyes. That is like the most simple thing, right? But looking people in the eyes, smiling when you see them. I know I sound like Buddy the Elf when I say that, right? Like smiling is my favorite. But that actually represents some of the goodness of God. We have a host on our connection team here, Zoe. Her smile lights up the room. She's not saying a word, and goodness is in the room just with the way her face looks. That is what being salt is. Now Jesus goes on to say this, but if the salt loses its saltiness, 
how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, this one's a little bit of a head-scratcher because I have never had salt actually lose its saltiness. But back in Jesus' day, salt was mixed with other minerals. And when it was exposed to the elements and to moisture, it would absolutely lose its saltiness, and they would just throw it out into the road. And we can lose our saltiness too, can't we? You know, one day we can be tracking with God. We can be in the flow of his spirit. Maybe for you that looks like journaling or praying, or reading, or being in a group of people who are also connected with Jesus. And then for whatever reason, we step out of that rhythm, we step out of that practice, and we lose our saltiness, we lose our connection. It's not something that happens in a lightning bolt of time, but it's something that happens over time to all of us. It happens to me. I need to step back in and say, no, 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 God, I wanna track with you. You're the thing that's actually most important in my life. And God says to us today, whether you're feeling really salty and good or you're not feeling very salty, you can step back into rhythm with him at any time. No matter what you've done, no matter what last night looked like, no matter what the rest of your day looks like, he's inviting you and saying, yes, come on, let's get back on track. Let's do this together today. There's so much at stake. Now, he gives us the second picture in verse 14, and he says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." So in the same way that Jesus gives us this picture and he says, you're the salt, you're the goodness, he says, you are the light. You what brings light to the darkness. I'm asking you to shine bright in a world where evil and darkness is so real. You know, in Jesus' day, lamps were pretty small and they were made out of clay and there was a hole for the oil to go in and a little part for the wick, um, but most of the time they were just on the ground. But if they were put up on a lampstand, they could light an entire Palestinian home because it was only about one room big. So that's why he's saying, no, put your light up on the stand so it can affect everybody. So I want to take you, uh, I want you to ask this question just for a minute before we move on. Where are you leading people today with your influence? You're an influencer, whether you realize it or not. Are you influencing people to the light like you want to be? Are you being the salt and light? Because here's what's true for me. As I was reading and I was preparing, God was saying, I want you to do more. I actually want you to be saltier. I want you to shine brighter. And I want to spend the rest of the time talking about four different ways that I believe that God is calling us today, Soul City, to step up and to step out and to be influencers and to be salt in a flavorless and a dull world. And the first thing that I think he's inviting us to do is see. Influencers see. So if you're taking notes, this is the first thing I want you to write down. Influencers are people who see. You know, the thing that God cares about most in this world is people. And the greatest commandment says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, but also we're to love people in that exact same way. You want to know why so many people in that video talked about their mom as the person that had the greatest influence on their life? 
It was because she saw them. She was there for all those little moments. She was there when you sat up for the first time, when you took your first steps, when you went out to college. She was there looking at those ordinary moments and making those moments to mark and moments to celebrate. She saw you, and God invites us as the salt of the earth to be people who see one another. Just think about throughout your day, all the people that you have the opportunity to see. Uh, you have people in the apartment next door, parents and other kids at the park, your barista, your boss. Can you imagine if you took an interest in your boss and you saw your boss, no matter how difficult they are, beyond the project that you're working on, beyond the raise, beyond what your interests are, if you saw them for who they are. You know, God invited me uh, about 10 years to see someone, and I almost missed it. And this last week, I got a text from this person, my friend, her name is Diana, and she sent me this text, and I'll give you a little history. I was working at a university at the time when I met Diana. She was a college student, and I met her, and instantly we clicked. And I thought, this woman is awesome. I love spending time with her. She's so much fun. She's just trying to figure out what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Someone really needs to mentor her. So I started to pray for her. I was like, Lord, someone needs to mentor her, so will you please send her a mentor? So I'd see her around campus. I would pray. I even asked my coworkers, hey, have you met Diana before? Really cool girl. Can you meet with her? No, no. Anyone? Any takers? And I had told God, like, listen, I would love to, but I am too busy. I am mentoring like 20 other college students. She is not one of those 20. When finally, after a year of praying, God finally said, Kelly, you are the answer to your prayer. I'm asking you to see Diana. I'm asking you to sit with her. I'm asking you to make time to be with her. And so we started this relationship of uh, getting lots of different lunches and dinners and talking about our life and talking about her family. I saw her go through many bad boyfriends and eventually a good boyfriend that ended up being her husband. We read the Bible and asked questions about the Bible together. We memorized some Psalms together but I almost missed it. And she wrote me this text this week to say, hey, I'm at this conference because she is in full-time ministry now in kids ministry. And she said, thank you so much for seeing me. I would not be where I'm at today if you wouldn't have seen me. Now, little, you know, she knows now, it took a year of God trying to prompt me and remind me like, hey, I have sent you to be there with her. And in a world where people are so obsessed with ourselves, myself included, in my own interest, God is saying, no, I want you to see other people. So who is it for you? Is there someone for you that God is asking you to see? Someone in your daily life, maybe that you're just passing by and God is saying, no, 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 I want you to use your influence to take interest and actually see that person. But influencers not only see, they're people who advocate. People who advocate. That's the second thing that I want you to remember. Now, scripture says that Jesus is our advocate with God, the one who stands on our behalf and agrees with God that we're forgiven. To advocate means to publicly support or recommend a cause or a policy. And I can tell you without a doubt that influencers are not only people who see others, they are people who advocate for others. I would add, especially those who cannot advocate for themselves. We are the people who are called to see the ones that no one else is seeing. 
You know, where I live in Oak Park, we are uh, renovating Madison Avenue Street, whatever it is, and there are many calls on the Facebook Moms group to advocate against this because of the traffic that it's going to create in our community. Um, there are so many good things to advocate for, right? But God, I believe, is saying to us, advocate where it matters most. Advocate for people who everyone else is overlooking. Advocate for the justice of the forgotten and the disregarded. One of my best friends, Lisa, her uh, calling on her life, unashamedly and boldly, is to care for kids from hard places. She's adopted three kids. They're in the midst of adopting a fourth, which is an only God thing if you talk to me about it. Um, and before I met Lisa, I had no idea about adoption or foster care or safe families or DCFS. Or, it wasn't even on my radar screen. And the mission of Lisa's life is to influence others to be an advocate for kids that don't have a voice for themselves so that they'll have a safe family, a loving family to grow up in. And if you're friends with her, you don't have a choice but to be an advocate for families in that way, as I have found, because she is praying about it. She is thinking about it. She is writing about it. And I believe that Lisa's heart is the picture of the heart of God who's asking us, who is it that you are going to advocate for on my behalf? You know, a pastor uh, that I grew up listening to, he calls it a holy discontent. Something in you that just goes, this isn't right. There is an injustice here. Is there someone or a cause, something that God is asking you to leverage, to advocate on others' behalf, people that can't advocate for themselves. I believe that that is one of the ways that kingdom influencers love is how we advocate. Well, the third letter. Have you seen that we're spelling out salt yet, guys? Have you caught it? Do you get it? You got that? Okay, cool. Uh, the third letter is L, and that is for love because influencers are not just advocates. They're not just people that see one another, but they are loving people. And I have to tell you, I wrestled with God about this because I was like, really? I'm a pastor. I'm going to talk about love. They always talk about love. Like, we're in church. Everyone knows this message. And God said, no, this is what I want you to talk about. In a world that is so interested in how you look and what you drive and how much money you have and where your career is going, Jesus looks at all of it and says, it doesn't really matter in the kingdom. It doesn't really matter. In God's economy, we're bankrupt without love. And one of the ways we know that God and love are present is when kindness is present. And in Galatians, it's actually listed. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's evidence that God is amongst us when kindness is here. And you know, um, a lot of us have different opinions about God, who God is. For some of us, we see God as this angry guy in the sky just waiting to get us, right? But that is not the Jesus that I know. The Jesus that I know is gentle and loving and kind. And I can't imagine all of the small moments that he had in his family, with his disciples, with people he just met on the street that were just marked by kindness, that were never even recorded in the Bible. You know, in the U.S., we actually have a foundation that's called the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. And apparently we're so unkind to each other that they need to sponsor a day once a year where we're supposed to be nice to each other. Now, you've missed it. It was on February 19th, so store up all of your kindness for next year and think about what you want to do to be kind. Um, 
but kindness matters, right? It's one of the ways I discern if it's God's voice that's talking to me or if it's just my own subconscious. If I hear a voice saying, uh, you messed that up again, that does not pass the God test. That is me, right? That is not the voice of kindness and truth. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't love justice and truth and righteousness. He is about all of those things, and he is equally kind as well. A woman I was talking to last week uh, was going through a really hard time facing this betrayal she would never thought she would face. And she was processing it with God and praying, and she said, the things I keep hearing and pressed on my heart are love and kindness. And I thought, yes, that sounds like Jesus. Like, I think you've heard from God. Love and kindness, that is so in line with the heart of the Father. Well, the last way that I believe that God is calling us to step out in influence is the T is for turn. Influencers turn. They turn on the light in the darkness. And of all four of these uh, about being the salt, this is the toughest one for me. I felt so convicted as I wrote about this. And it's because uh, I'm married to a Christian man. I work at an amazing Christian church with people who love God and love other people. I have a lot of Christian friends. And God says to us, so glad, so glad that you have all that light. I'm actually asking you to take your light to the darkness. If you're interested in only interesting people and kind to kind people, so what? Anyone can do that, right? But God is saying, no, 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 no. I want you to take your light to the darkness. Influencers defy the darkness. Have you ever tried turning on a flashlight in midday? I don't, I don't really take it. It's not a practice that I have. But because I live with preschoolers, we turn on flashlights all the time, and they constantly have Mark's mag light. It's huge. And they turn it on in the day, and they look at me like, what's with this thing? It's broken. It's not working. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. It's on, but this light, this room is so light, it doesn't make any difference. If you want to see this flashlight at work, you either A, have to go into the dark bathroom right now, or wait till it's night, because that's when we see the light at work. In a world that is so dark, that is where we're called to bring the light. But I want to ask you, is your life insulated with light? Is your life insulated with light? Are you surrounded with people that are just like you? Or are you intentionally leaning in to places where it's not as light? Um, I know for some of you, it's very easy to be the light because you're surrounded by the light. But for others of you, it's the opposite. When you look at your life, there is darkness at work. Maybe there's darkness in your home. And you struggle to be the light because the darkness can be so overwhelming. And there's real darkness, isn't there? I bet if you have a minute right now, you could think of just uh, easily the things, the darkness of this world. Things like broken relationships or medical diagnosis, addiction, some of the darkest darks that I have known and seen unemployment, right? When you're just trying to get back up on your feet, all this darkness. But God says, that is where you're called to go and be the light. And God looks at us, his ambassadors and his children, and he says, that is where I want you to go. I want you to run to where it's messy, to where it's broken, to where things are uncertain. That's where I want you to shine the light in the darkness. 
This last week, uh, our team was at a conference in London learning about Alpha, this program that we do here at Soul City Church. And it's just this amazing place for people to come and learn and ask any questions they have about God. No judgment. And I'm actually going to be at Alpha on Tuesday. So any of you going to be there? I'm excited to be there on Tuesday. And one of the things that I learned already, which I knew, is that we do Alpha all over the country, all over the world, in churches and in schools. But what I didn't know is that somewhere along the line in the mid-90s, someone had the idea to bring Alpha to a place where it's dark. And do you want to know where they run Alpha? In 70 countries throughout the world, they run it in prisons. In prisons. People who are at the end of their rope, who are feeling helpless or hopeless or defined by all the wrong that they've done, God prompted someone to bring Alpha to prisons. And I don't know, you guys, if it's in the Illinois prisons, but I think God might be asking us, Soul City, to take the light that we have here and bring it into the dark places. That is what God does. That's what it means to turn on the light. You know, the Bible teaches us that one day... um, There is going to be total healing. There's going to be total restoration. It's going to be a beautiful day. Injustices will be made right, and everything broken will be restored. But so far today, it's not that day. That day is coming, but it's not today. And in the meantime, God is asking you and he's asking me to be kingdom influencers. He's asking us to be our representatives. In fact, he is counting on us being his representatives. Can you imagine what this city, what your neighborhood, what this world will look like if we took this invitation to be the salt and the light seriously? If we didn't just hang out with other people who were the light, but we intentionally took this calling from God and said, I will go, I will see, I will advocate, I will do whatever you're asking me to do, God. You know, this week, uh, I want you to keep thinking about this. And at Soul City, we talk about homework. Homework is real. We don't want you to just come here and sit and eat some macaroons and leave. We want you to be working this out with God all week. And so I want to ask you, where is God inviting you to step up and to step out in your kingdom influence? Is he inviting you to see others, to take an interest in others like you haven't before? Maybe he's asking you to advocate on someone's behalf or on behalf of a cause that is near and dear to his heart. Maybe he's asking you to show loving kindness in a way that you have not consistently done yet. Or maybe, like me, God is saying, you need to bring your light to where it's dark. I'm so glad that you have been the light in the light, and now it's time to take your show on the road. And that is the work that God has specifically done in me in these last weeks. He said, oh, you're so good at doing it in the light. And now I want you to go and do it in another place. Well, I want to tell you about a story about a kingdom influencer, my friend named Kyle. When he just graduated college, he bought this two-bedroom condo out in the suburbs. It was uh, this upstairs unit with a family living down below. And he met that family down below because one night at about 9.30, the, the mom in the family came knocking on the door and saying, 
you are so loud, our family cannot sleep, you need to be more quiet. That was their first meeting. Now, Kyle was very perplexed by this because he wasn't throwing parties, he didn't even have people over, he was the kind of guy that just liked to uh, go to work, go to the gym, come home. So it wasn't a very good first meeting, but Kyle said, you know what, they have two little kids, Easter's coming up, I'm gonna make an Easter basket for these kids. So he put a kite in there and bubbles and all the fun outdoor stuff. He brought it down and said, hey, Easter's coming up. I wanted to give you guys an Easter basket. And this opened the door to this uh, kind of unsuspecting relationship between my friend and this family of four. And over the weeks that came up next, they uh, shared meals together. They learned a little bit more about one another's lives. And Kyle learned that the dad in the family had actually been in jail, and he was waiting a trial, and it looked like he was going to go back to uh, jail again. And they had two little kids, and no wonder why their mom was so stressed um, and in the state that she was in. So Kyle, in a very nonchalant way, mentioned that he went to church. He went to this little church in the suburbs where he lived. He invited their family to come to church with them. And they eventually met a God that would change the trajectory of their life and their world. And they got baptized at that church. I'll never remember when he said to me, you know, oh yeah, my neighbors downstairs, they're getting baptized. I'm like, the ones that were mad at you for being too loud, they're getting baptized? You guys, that is what it means. That is our invitation to be the salt and the light. There is no seeing, uh, there, there's just no foreseeing how God wants to use us in these little moments that we don't even know that he wants us to be salt and light in. So I want you to stand up. We're going to worship together in a moment. And we're going to sing that we're no longer slaves to fear. Because, you know, stepping out and being kingdom influencers we're going to face fear. We're going to face resistance. We're going to doubt ourselves. We're going to say, God, who me? Like I said to my mentor a couple weeks ago, really, you want to use me? You want to send me? And God is saying, yes, I want you to push past your fear and realize that this is part of your identity as my child, is being a kingdom influencer, spreading salt and light. Let's pray together. God, you have given us this incredible calling to be your goodness, to be your flavor in a world that is bland and dry and longing for hope and longing for restoration. God, would you give us boldness? Would you give us courage? Would you give us eyes to see people so that we might influence them to know that there is a God who loves them, there is a God who forgives them, there is a God who sees them. And God, thanks for using us to do it. Imperfect people, people who make right decisions and people who make wrong decisions. Our confidence is in you, our faithful God that uses us and is faithful to see things through to the end. Amen.